Jughead's report card says Forsyth Pendleton Jones III on it. But then, why do they go by those names? That's the thing, is that later he's like, yeah, of course I was bullied, my name is Jughead. I'm like, did you pick it? Is it your fault? Who gave him the nickname Jughead? Hello and welcome to our Riverdale podcast, brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 22-year-old film student from Alberta, Canada. I like brooding anti-heroes and feminist agendas. I run at The 100 Script on Twitter, and you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere. My favorite standalone novel is Attachments by Rainbow Rowell. And my name is Brittany Ray, and I'm a 27-year-old writer in Vancouver, BC. I'm on Twitter at Britannia, where I can be found attempting journalism and talking about my cat. My favorite standalone novel is The Rewind Files by Claire Willett. Shout out, Claire! <laughs> She doesn't, even to, watch. she doesn't even listen to this one. But also shout out to you for turning 22. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Feeling 22. Damn it. I don't know about you. <laughs> it's, an, it's not a good joke, but it's like it's required. A, it's a required joke. Yeah. Yeah. It's a requisite of turning 22, actually. Exactly. Yeah. Today we have words to say about episode 107 of Riverdale, chapter 7, In a Lonely Place. True. I think Robin has many words to say this week. I have so many words. Before we even start talking about stuff, can I just say that I enjoyed this episode the first time I watched it, but the second time I watched it, it I spent an hour and a half r- pausing and writing notes because there are so many inconsistencies mm-hmm. in relation to other episodes this season as well as even ones in this episode. So, like, I just... I, I'm so confused. Okay. And it's very troubling. Well... I am excited to hear these thoughts. Okay. I'm sure you will agree. Yeah, I got a couple, but I, I know I didn't get them all. Yeah. <laughs> okay, um, so we're going to begin with um, sort of like the smallest little portion of this, which is all the stuff that happens with Veronica mm-hmm. and such. Oh, okay. Veronica. Um, the first note I have regarding this is just Glamazon.com. Uh, is that a real place, and can I start shopping there immediately? I need to know. Glamazon.com. Because not gonna lie, that really sounds like something that would be up my alley. Yeah, and I know, right? Yeah. Okay, it's loading. It's not looking good. Oh, you're gonna end up with so many weird computer pop-ups. Yeah, it's not looking like this is an actual thing. Okay, what if I get rid of the .com and just Google it? Glamazon? Urban Dictionary. Oh, there's a song by RuPaul called Glamazon, because of course Shut there is. up, is there? Yeah, it's his sixth studio album. Wait, RuPaul has six studio albums? I freaking guess so. I want to listen to them. Glamazon, Urban Dictionary, a woman with an overdeveloped sense of beauty, glamour, and fashion akin to a beauty warrior or fashion police. Overdeveloped? Okay. Okay, so if that's supposed to be insulting, it's not working. <laughs> that's honestly fine. Yeah. Pretty much, Veronica's just trying to make Hermione break. Yeah. Because apparently that's how rich people fight. So, moving on to the next scene, Kevin and Veronica are walking together once they are in the search party and stuff, and I lo- they both have, like, thermoses, and Kevin has a compass that he's just looking at confused, and I think it's really funny. Why did he have a compass? Well, I mean, I get it, because Betty's like, oh, this is north, and this is whatever, so we should be searching, and I'm like, oh, but just follow the crowd, dude. But I think my other thing is, like, imagine Kevin trying to, like, pack for this event, and he's like, okay, so we're gonna need a thermos, and what do people use in movies? A compass? Sure. Yeah. (laughs) 
he's like, do I need like this, um, this bow and arrow? I mean, maybe a water, a water purification kit. You never know. (laughs) Should I bring my tent? I don't know. (laughs) So Veronica says that when she was in New York, she used to go clubbing to bother her mom. And so she brings her fave celebrity gal pal, who's Josie. But who was it back in New York? I don't know, but I'm dying to find out. Yeah, I would like to know. Her best gay, who's going to be Kevin. Mm -hmm. Still do not know who that might have been. And some dim-witted, sexy, disposable arm candy, who ends up being Reggie. I have have issues with this. Explain. Reggie is garbage? Or is he nice? No, he's garbage. I don't understand! Or, or you know, just like every other character, he contains layers. He's just so back and forth that I'm confused. I'm just surprised and that Veronica would choose him after the whole book debacle. Exactly! Yeah. It makes no sense. And then she inv- invites him to go, and he goes! And seems is just, like, part of their crew. And I'm like, bro, who are you? I think it's that maybe the writers didn't think that people would write Reggie off because of the book. I am. Yeah, I mean, the stuff... Do you remember what Reggie's stuff in there was by any chance? Yeah, it was the uh, mostly Ethel stuff. Okay. Maybe we... I mean, we obviously don't like him because of what he did to Jughead. Mm-hmm. So... Definitely displeased. I feel like Reggie actually just isn't developed enough for us to, like, have a solid opinion on him. Exactly. He just keeps flip-flopping of doing crappy things and then doing nice things. And I just don't know what side he's on. Because he cannot... He can't really... Like, I mean, I guess he can be both, but, like, the things that he's been doing are not good enough for me to consider him to be on both sides. Well, I mean, the idea of sides is, like, you know... It's, it's not a black and white thing, but at the same time, I think it's just that, like, I don't know if the writers know what he's about yet. Right. You know? So, yeah. maybe we'll find out, but, like, for now, I guess he's just supposed to be the dumb jock, which, you know, Reggie was always a little bit sneakier than that in the comics, you know? Yeah. So, I don't know. Definitely. Yeah. I mean... The last thing I have about this is that, like, it was kind of cute because they, she's like, oh, we'll pick him. And then you turn around and he's taking a selfie. <laughs> and he's like, oh, sad. Like, it's like the tear selfie. It was so I'm like, cheesy. I'm like, who's Snapchat? I'm like, what Snapchat are you sending to someone? This goes in a story and the caption is just like, looking for Polly. Text it. Sad. 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 Jason died. Sad. Polly. Polly killed Jason. Sad, sad. Okay, but how much would I kill for a Snapchat tie-in? Like, oh my a, God, a marketing I tie-in? Would die. Wouldn't it be so good? Just, like, occasionally? What if you could Snapchat them and they could Snapchat you back? Yeah, wouldn't that be cool with, like, sort of, like, be pre- so preloaded Snapchats? Mm-hmm. Honestly, mm-hmm. we have so many good ideas for the CW, and they don't take up any of them. How rude. How rude. They go to this club, and the club is called The Roving Eye. Now, I'm on the New Yorker website, but I think this article came out January 21st, 2008, mm-hmm. but I don't know what that's about. And there's also um, item called A Roving Eye, so I'm going to click on that also. We're doing live research. Oh my goodness. 
Oh, okay, so so this New Yorker thing has a naked lady on it. Um, still not really sure how this is relevant. Well, the roving eye is usually, like, uh, someone who, like, looks at other people while in a relationship. Yeah. <laughs> Cute club name. Yeah, that's, uh, that's really advertising what your club is about. Oh, okay, so I just did a control F for ro- the word roving, and it's literally just the title. So... Okay, so that was irrelevant. Next, item, roving eye. If someone has a roving eye, they are sexually attracted to people other than their partner. So is that supposed to be, like, a, a Hermione dig, or what? <gasps> oh, I didn't even think about that. I was thinking about more, like, the club's marketing. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know, right, though? <laughs> I'd already, like, went deep into the club's marketing technique. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, probably. That's, uh, that's an on-the-nose enough to probably be true. And it's, like, right after the scene where she's talking to her about it. Yeah. Cute. So this club doesn't seem very full. Or well-managed. Yeah. I mean, their bouncer has to suck. Yeah, seriously. But, like, okay, I've been into a club once in my life. I was forced to go in by peer pressure, and I was in there for 20 minutes, and then I left because I hated it so much. But even... Small town, it's not that small, small town Red Deer, Alberta has a a better club than this. Then again, it was a school night. So, you know, all the high schoolers can't go to this club that they're not allowed into. Especially, I mean, in Red Deer, even the age is 18 and it was still probably more lit, yes? Yes. Amazing. And terrifying, yes. <laughs> terrifying. This is why we are not club people. How old are these people? I I pegged them all at about 17. Okay. So, we know that they're not in Canada. Yeah. Because of a lot of things, but also, um, Veronica said American Excess card, which... Hilarious. <laughs> American Excess card, of course. Um, but, like, let's just think about the word excess and how it's used for a credit card, and that's funny. <laughs> But, so we know that this is in America. I would believe them getting into this club legally if it was Canada, because they'd be like, we're 18. We're still in high school, but we're 18. Whatever. Yeah. So, sure. But because we know they're in the United States, they... But the thing they have on their side is Josie's mom and money. Yeah. So I figure Veronica probably just, like, bribed her way in. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, this is such a moral issue for, like, I just cannot possibly see myself doing this, so that's why it's so weird to me, I guess. <laughs> that's why I'm just like, what is going on? And I also, so I also think it's probably slightly, like, geological, too, because, or geographical, too, because for us, going into a club at, like, 17, 18 is like, okay, well, like, it's a club, like, you can just go in, but in right. America, it's a lot harder yeah, and they're kind of like, okay, once you turn 18, you're like, wait a couple more years. Yeah, exactly. But like, when you're 17, you're like, I'll be there next year, who cares? Yeah, like, especially here, or in Alberta at least, like, at 18, like, you're, do whatever you want. <laughs> Maybe that's why Reggie went. We can drive cars Because he wouldn't 14. be able to get in anyway. Yeah. That's actually a good point. That's a good motivation for him. Mm-hmm. So... Also, this, like, part where they go and sit down, like, it's way too quiet. <laughs> Man, if clubs were that quiet, I would go to clubs. They would have to yell. Mm-hmm. 
to so anyway that was a nice seating area <laughs> yeah it was yeah. um so then veronica has this whole thing about how no one can take her name which is kind of cool and it was nice yeah i liked that whole like reclamation of her image and like that mm-hmm. because basically veronica remade herself when she arrived at riverdale so like the only thing that's really left of old veronica is her name mm-hmm. so I really like that imagery that they presented where it is so important to her that that is her name and that her mom took it from her. I do think it's a little weird that she was like, they literally took the clothes off our backs. And I'm like, did, did they, they though? <laughs> I like when um, she was talking about her yachts and Josie just starts rolling her eyes. I was like, me too, Josie. I know. And then she was like, the clothes off our backs. And Josie was like, oh. And I was like, what is this story? But also, Josie's family's rich, so, like, do you think Josie's family has a yacht, too? I don't know about a yacht, but, yeah, why are they making Josie be, like, ugh, rich kids, when she's pretty rich, too? So, Veronica tries to pay, and her card gets reported stolen. Um, uh, how much money did they spend at this club? And, like, where did Veronica get the wad of cash? She's like, uh, like, I just don't understand. And he's like, we're supposed to call the cops. And Reggie's like, go ahead, call the cops. We're happy to tell them how old we are. And I'm like, which which makes me feel like they're of age, but I know that they're not. No. Was that him just being, like, smart? No, that was, once? yeah, that was him being like, okay, well, you let underage people into your club and your club's going to get shut down. Okay, here's my thing, though. Uh-huh. That's not why they're calling the cops. So he's kind of just being suspicious. Well, it's it's leverage, right? Like, we don't call the cops and you don't get shut down and you don't call the cops about the stolen thing. Like, it's, it can't, okay. they cancel each other out. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. I'm just like, they weren't even talking about how old you were. Robin, you need sneaky lessons. Okay. Okay. Talk about this Cobra Mongoose thing. I, okay, here's the thing. I love the way the Lodge women fight. It's, it, it, on one hand, it ab- makes absolutely no sense, because this is not, like, relatable content. No. I, I could never be like, yeah, you know what? When I was a kid, my mom cut off my credit card, too. Because, like, my mom was a single mom, and I did not have that. Yeah. <laughs> but on the other, I really like that their relationship, they know each other so well that they can pull all of these very manipulative moves against each other, and they know exactly what it means. Do you want to hear... An anecdote about my life? Only always. Um, I got a credit card a cu- just a couple years ago, mm-hmm. and I didn't want it okay. because I was worried that um, I was going to turn into... So, like, in all the Family Channel shows, they like, there's an episode about how the main character gets a credit card and then blows all of it all over the place, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I was like... Mom, I can't have a credit card because otherwise I'm going to be just like Miley. I was the exact same way. I didn't want a credit card or a cell phone. I was like, Miley bought so many things and then maxed out her credit card by buying an expensive rug that she didn't need. I can't be like that. Wow, that just tells you how effective children's television programming is. Right, though? Yeah. (laughs) Like, I fully was just like, I cannot. I mean, now I'm like, well, now I need to build my credit score. So I'm doing like a good job, but. Adult things. At the time, I was like, do not give me that. I am not responsible enough. Wow, Disney really does teach kids the value of a dollar. Yeah. Interesting. Kind of feel a little brainwashed. (laughs) Not gonna lie. In the best way. (laughs) Yeah. So she says Cobra and Mongoose dancing. Here's the thing. You wrote down all the things that she actually says. 
We faint, we parry, we approach, we retreat. Why in the world does she talk about Cobra and Mongoose when she could just make a fencing reference? Yeah, she really did the most there, didn't she? Yeah. Well, perhaps the dance between a Cobra and a Mongoose is much akin to fencing. We need to watch more Discovery Channel. I guess so. Because obviously that's what Veronica does in her spare time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So once she gets home, they talk. She says that Hiram has distanced himself from them. Which feels so like... It, it, that feels like excuse making. Yeah. The terms that they come upon is like, you accept my affair, you make sure that your affair doesn't come here. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much it, right? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Okay. So then later, they're calling, Hi- or I guess Hiram is calling them. I was really hoping we were going to see him. I thought we'd get, like, a reveal of, like, an a- like an actor where we'd be like, wait, he's on this show? Even if it had just been, like, maybe his, like, a like a real close-up to the phone of him, like, talk, like, you know, like a close-up of, like, his mouth even. Yeah, or his hand. But we didn't even, like, really get to them talking to him at all. Yeah. Um... The voice on the phone says they're getting a collect call from Yonkers Penitentiary, um, and that's in New York. Mm -hmm. Or at least the city's in New York, and then Yonkers has, like, its own jail. It didn't say penitentiary. It was, like, a jail and incarceration place or whatever. Oh, all right. So, okay. (laughs) That's the thing. (laughs) I'm going to be honest with you. I'm currently (laughs) paying my credit card fees. Oh, my God. What is wrong with you? Well, I I I freaked myself out. Hang on. My sister's FaceTiming me. Hi, Lindsay. I can't really talk right now. Get a load of this lady. Oh, hi, Nana. Hi, I'm I'm recording a podcast right now. Robin, that out. Did you hear that? Yeah, I heard that. Thanks. <laughs> she says thanks. Okay. Hey, we love you. Love you. Bye. I wasn't going to answer, but I was like, well, Robin's paid her credit card fees right now. Yeah. Uh, Now we're going to talk about stuff regarding Polly Cooper. Stuff and things and stuff. Correct. I think this is so funny that they're they're in this, like, common room, common area sort of thing. And they're kind of, like, telling secrets. And then the secret gets told. And the next time they're in the common area, they're telling more secrets. (laughs) They're definitely not going to get overheard. Haven't learned anything. Also, what school has, like, a whole common area with couches and stuff that isn't, like, the drama room? Yeah, I mean, I have one at college. Yeah, not high school. But not high school. Because kids would destroy those. Yeah. That's a nice high school. I'm trying to think of, like, the only room I can think of that was in my high school that was any anything like that was the teacher's lounge. Yeah, there was the teacher's lounge, and then at my high school we had, like, the... The drama room, which was, of course, like, covered in squishy couches and things like that, where kids hung out. That was my, that was my hangout spot, definitely. Of course, I knew it. Hashtag theater kid. In this conversation, you know, they're talking about Polly and how they have to find her and stuff. Archie and Veronica notice this, um, bughead <laughs> stuff that's I happening. That ship name. I know, me too. Can we call them Jetty? Jetty's better even, like, because it, first of all, it's a real word. Yeah. Second of all, it's not bughead. Okay, can can you close your eyes and imagine something for a second? Oh uh, yeah, a person. Okay. Uh, with a bug for a head. No. 
That's just the fly with Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> so that's, that's, this is why we dislike... <laughs> this is why we dislike uh, this idea. So we're gonna... Let's just call them Jetty. It invokes gross as we can. imagery. Yes. So... <laughs> I... Th- it's so funny because, like, okay, first of all, Ginger overhears them text Cheryl, blah, blah, blah. Mm. Archie is like, Jughead, what up? <laughs> you were talking about Betty earlier. Now what's going on? Um, and he goes, we may have had a moment. and Which is, like, the best part. Po- like, ugh, that's such a great way to say it. Like, he didn't, like, go, hey, Archie, yeah, I made out with her. It was a whole thing. Instead, he was just like, we had a moment. He always keeps things to himself. It's awesome also then he goes we have a moment and archie's like oh yeah yeah i figured it's just not a big deal it's whatever oh my god i don't even care you you do you man it's fine hey it's okay exactly i hope that archie didn't think that jughead should have like asked for permission before he did that or something Ugh. no i hope not i don't know i think like it i I think that was them subverting that whole thing by archie being like yeah it's cool yeah (laughs) in like the least subtle way ever yeah because it clearly maybe bothers him a little bit. It should bother him. I hope things bother him about that. Also, Veronica approves in, like, the best possible way. Like, she- It's cute because if Archie was just like, fine, I approve, it would be like, frick you, Archie. But since Veronica's like, I approve, we're like, all oh, their best friends. I still- I, My, like, little Veronica heart, though, still wants that so bad, so I'm like, no! <laughs> no! <laughs> I want- I want the other thing. I'm still really holding out for Cheryl to do something. I know, I feel, more and more I feel like I'm being queerbaited and I'm starting to, like, rail against it. Yeah. Because they seem to just keep continually, like, setting up straight situations, and I'm like, but why? She calls Jughead Holden Caulfield, which is actually, like, the most perfect, so if mm-hmm. you don't know who Holden Caulfield is, let me tell you. He's the main character of Catcher in the Rye, and pretty much he's Jughead. So, on his Wikipedia page, it says he's naive, but at the same time resentful of the adult world. His most striking and quintessential qualities is his powerful revulsion for phony qualities, um, for the perceived hypocrisy, uh, is cynicism, blah, 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 distance himself from other people, despite wanting connection as well. He's a character of contradiction, 17 years of age. He continually fails classes. Every teenage boy character ever. He's a brooding anti-hero! <laughs> I was, like, legit just thinking, like, okay, so this sounds like the OC and about <laughs> One Tree Hill and yep. everybody. Okay, so Cheryl gets the Vixens back. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what was the point in her losing them? It was, like, two episodes ago. And now she just has them back. Yeah, there was no... That's a classic example of stakes that get raised and then aren't actually non-existent. Exactly. Like, we didn't get to see what Cheryl's life was like without the Vixens. We didn't get to see her reaction to that. We kind of just have to infer, oh, Cheryl lost the Vixens, but now they're back, so cool, I guess. Cool, I guess. There there was no journey for Cheryl to go on there. Also, bringing back the um, Blossom Family brooches. (gasps) I wrote those down. Yeah, Cheryl has this cherry brooch, and then later she has, like, a spider, I think. It's, yep. like, pretty sweet. And her, her mom has um, a big flower, which is, yeah. like, a blossom. Of course. Yeah. Um, hashtag Polly Cooper killed my brother. Hashtag nowhere to hide. Hashtag sharpen your pitchforks. 
Um, did we check and see if they're using the Cheryl Blossom Twitter account to, like, tie into this stuff? Twitter.com slash Cheryl Bombshell. Oh, no. Her one tweet is still, I'm on Twitter, bitch. <laughs> Who's ready to see what chaos I get into next week? So, there's a search party. Um, the people at the search party, in order, mm -hmm. from right to left, mm -hmm. Archie, Val, of course, they are together, but we just haven't seen any thing to do with their relationship this episode yep and he didn't even mention her oh yeah i sure wish that he would have been like oh yeah it's okay jughead yeah no problem um yeah i'm dating val so it doesn't really matter but he didn't even bring her up but the nice thing is that for once archie was not talking about himself true yeah so it goes archie val mel josie veronica kevin reggie the coopers and then behind were like a bunch of other footballers and then you know jetty at first I was like, why is Reggie even there? Why are these other footballers even there? Well, they had to fill out the search party. Like, does it have something to do with Jason? Well, yeah. Yeah. And also, because, like, if I feel like if Archie's there, then a lot of them just kind of go. And also because they're the only characters we know. <laughs> now I'm looking up Ever's Green Forest. So, like, clearly Evergreen Forest is a thing because that's, like, a green. Yeah. But... Archie New Look Series Book 4, Veronica on a nature walk in Evers Green Forest. He lives in Evers Green Forest. So I guess that's an actual thing in the comics. Yeah. That's a nice little shout out. That's cool. I like that. I had to like go and click Evers Green rather than Evergreen because <laughs> Google was like, are you stupid? That's really cool. I love that. That's a small little detail. Mm-hmm. I like it. I love it. So then the Blossoms show up and they have dogs and everything. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really great because, you know, Penelope and Alice are having this, like, big, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, confrontation? Yeah, confrontation. Mm -hmm. And she goes, we know it, Sheriff Keller knows it, and Sheriff Keller's like, um. It's like, Sheriff Keller knows what now? <laughs> He's like, excuse me? I, I don't know anything. I also love that the Blossoms showed up way more appropriately dressed for this than anyone yeah. else did. Yes, Like, they, they roll up, like, slow pan up on, a, like, a f sort of sea of hunter boots. And I'm like, yes. I, I have a question. Mm-hmm. I know that Riverdale's a small town. Mm-hmm. Is Sheriff Keller the only person on the police force? Apparently. I'm kind of surprised he doesn't have, like, a flunky. Yeah, or, like, maybe two friends who can be his, like, two employees... Who can maybe help him out. Yeah. Right now, it's Betty and Jughead. <laughs> and he seems to genuinely trust them. <laughs> yeah. Well, until he doesn't, but... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's like, hey, you know who my backup should be? Two teenagers. Yep, definitely. Can I just say one, one other thing? Yeah. CoverGirl. It's sponsored by CoverGirl. <laughs> this podcast is not sponsored by CoverGirl, but we would be open to sponsorship. Yes, definitely. Mm -hmm. Yes. I have I have CoverGirl products. I'll... I'll advertise those. I think I do too. Yeah. CW getting that CoverGirl money. Yeah, because you can definitely see the CoverGirl products that we have <laughs> on right now. Yeah. I don't have any makeup on right now, but, uh... Oh my god, yeah. me neither. <laughs> You're in your pajamas. You posted it on Twitter. Well, I'm not going anywhere today. I got a podcast to record and edit. Alice Cooper is like, now we're gonna go out and make ourselves look real cool because we're standing in front of a church and also I have a cross necklace. Um, yeah, she uh, goes religious when it's convenient for her. Mm-hmm. And she only cares about Polly as a means to an end. 
Talk to me about the Blossom's reaction to learning that Polly's pregnant. Uh, this is really interesting, actually, because with their family dynamics, I wish we'd seen what I assume was a gigantic, like, Blossom fight, because the realization that their two families are now intertwined genetically must mm-hmm. just grate on the Blossoms, because yep. they, they and the Coopers have a legendary rivalry now, and they're tied together, and so now Polly to the Blossoms is also a means to an end. Yeah. But I really wish we'd seen the Blossoms' perspective on this, because while you see sort of the shock and the realization that a part of Jason is still alive, we don't get to follow that. Right. We have to stay on Alice being I hope maybe we see a little bit more of that next episode, when they're just like, where's Polly? Because they didn't get to show up at the beginning, or at the end of this episode. And I really want to know what they plan to do with the baby. Yeah. Because, again, like, Polly, for basically everyone, is just like, and this is really gross, but she's like an incubator for most of them. Mm-hmm. She's just the pregnant girl, and they want the baby. And it's like the same thing for the Coopers, except that they don't care about the baby, and they just want Polly to fall in line with their family legacy, I guess. Right. I just... Polly has no agency, and it's really upsetting. So, Jughead's walking... Betty home and it's like she's like you didn't have to and he's just like that's what people who uh are friends okay but also not friends do right (laughs) so I have I have a question for you because I've seen a lot of this around lately Okay. There's been a lot of discourse about Ace Jughead. Sure. And a lot of people are saying that his relationship with Betty erases the arrow, the aromantic part of him, basically. And I kind of wanted to know what your thoughts on that were and whether you think it's an evolution and a realization or whether it erases what his representation is. Okay. So... I don't know if I can talk totally, like, perfectly intelligently about this just because I'm not Arrow. Mm-hmm. I'm, if, if Jughead's still Ace, then I relate to him more because then he would be hetero Ace just like I am. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's why I'm really pleased about it because, like, I relate to him this way. Mm-hmm. I understand that it could possibly erase the arrow part of him, but it doesn't bother me, and actually I love it, even though I probably shouldn't. Okay. But I did read a really great article that I shared on the Aficionados Twitter Mm -hmm. about someone's uh, thoughts about that, and they themselves were also ace, so they talk really intelligently about it. And, yeah, they're saying that it doesn't even necessarily erase it because he could possibly just like be trying to figure himself out and say this is the safest person that I have. Oh, okay. To um to to test this on. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean he seems pretty into it, but I don't know. That's a thought. No, that's interesting cuz I don't have a lot of experience in this arena. I've just been watching and listening to the discussions going on and on, uh, like, 
I can see where people say, like, because Jughead, I think in the comics, is Arrow Ace, from what I can um, tell. I believe so. I I don't totally. I do know he's Ace for sure. Yeah. Is Jughead... Is Jughead gay? No, excuse you. I mean, if he wants to be, but... Jughead says, Hey, serves you right for falling in love with a person. It's a game you can never win, old friend, which is why my heart belongs only to food. That's, like, really relatable. Jughead's a hero, says Betty. Jughead says, uh, yeah, but like a lone wolf hero who doesn't like to be touched. Because Betty's giving him a hug. I don't know how to... I don't know how to um, interpret this. Me either. Moving on? Yep, moving on. Cool. Uh, So it's raining, but they're not getting wet. (laughs) So are they under a tree? I don't know. It's just working around the old Vancouver rain. Sure. Uh, So Polly is in the attic, but... Here's the thing. It's it works out really nicely narratively because she's like, "Aha, I have found a clue. I know where she is." Mm-hmm. But also, if Alice did any intelligent thinking, she could be like, "What happened last time Polly ran away?" and she could find her also. So it's probably like not the best possible place to go. Well, maybe Alice just isn't that bright. Alice comes off to me as manipulative but not clever. Yeah. So, or maybe Betty was the only one who knew where she was. There's oh. a wedding dress up in the attic. Uh-huh. Um, Alice's? Question mark? Possibly. Didn't even see it. Yeah, it was there. Yeah. I, I, it wouldn't, I don't think it would be Polly's. I don't think. No. She would have that yet. So no. it's gotta be Alice's or like their grandmother's or something. Interesting. Yeah. She talks about how they want to put the baby up for ad- adoption. Mm-hmm. And Polly's like, hard pass on that one. Polly finally gets some agency. This in a more than 11. And then, you know, later they're like, um, Polly wants to put it up for adoption. And I'm like, I don't think she does. Every time I think the Coopers could redeem themselves by being good parents, they just fail to do it. Mm-hmm. Which, honestly, is kind of starting to grate on me. I'm really yeah. tired of them being one-note villains. I want more. Yeah. I need more complexity. I need more ambiguity. I need more from those parents than just, we're horrible. They're out here telling secrets in the common room thing. Cheryl knows. Wants to help the baby. Um, how much do I love good guy Cheryl? I do love good guy Cheryl. And I love how just, like, that one, the baby's ants are just, like, hanging out. Right? The the ants. The ants. The ants. Aunties. Aww. Hanging out. Auntie Cheryl and Auntie Betty. I have an Auntie Cheryl. Do you really? <laughs> yeah. For a second I was like, what? what? Why are you talking about my aunt, Brittany? That makes no sense. But like, here, here's what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. Betty and Cheryl's ship name. The Aunties. Oh, that's really cute. Really? Yeah, that's, I like that. I wasn't sure if it was going to be cute or like really gross. No, why would that be gross? I don't know. Is it incestual? I don't know. Oh, sh- Yeah. <laughs> Brittany? No, no dog barks! No dog barks! You get a dog bark. No dog bark! Sorry. I don't make the rules here. You literally do make the rules. I don't make the You're rules here. You're the one here. who edits the podcast. I don't make the rules here! Anyway, if it's incestual, then boo. <laughs> That's all I have to say. So, the Blossoms want to help, and they're just like... 
weirdly at Pops with Betty and just being weird and manipulative and it made me uncomfortable. Um, do you think the Blossoms have ever actually stepped foot inside Pops in their life before that? <laughs> um, we know Cheryl has. Yeah. But they looked very out of place. And his wig continues to crack me up. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> it is just... <laughs> it, it looks like a hairpiece. Like, you know those yeah. really obvious hairpieces on guys who are balding and are trying not to admit they're bald? It, mm-hmm. He looks like Donald Trump! <laughs> oh, gross. <laughs> but, like, not as bad, surprisingly. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, still not as bad. I don't think anything could be as bad as Donald Trump's hair. Uh, agree. Except for maybe, like, tumbleweeds. Yeah. Yeah. So then later, we're like, I'm like, why is Penelope a psychiatrist? She, she's like, literally like, tell me how you feel. Is Polly a party girl? It's like, oh, because I need to find out all of the health and well-being of my child and whether or not it's actually a legitimate blossom. Yep. And so pretty much she says, need to figure out if she's an unfit mother. So they're like, just going to try and take away the baby is pretty much what's happening. Absolutely. They're going for a custody thing. So they're all supposed to meet them in Pops again, because that's literally the only place that anyone knows where to go to. They just don't, don't have directions to any other place. There's one restaurant and one club and one school, okay? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. And one cemetery, and it's on the Blossoms property. <laughs> exactly. So, question. If... Everyone was literally out searching for Polly, and, like, Uh the whole town knows that Polly is missing. Mm Mm-hmm. And then they just walk Polly into Pops. (laughs) You think someone's gonna go, um, Alice? Hey, that's, that's Polly. Can you believe it? But Polly's here. See, this is how you know Pop Tate is a bro. Yeah, Pop Tate. Because he doesn't say anything. Pop Tate's like, I get it. He's like, I'm keeping this secret. Um, did you notice the ice cream that Polly was eating? Ooh, No. It was like a strawberry swirl. Nice. Which is exactly what you called it as. Nice. I'm very proud of you. Yeah. I saw that and I was like, Robin called it. Betty was eating that in her honor. Yes. I'm so smart. You're so smart. So Cheryl comes in and has, I guess, a change of heart and is just like, run. I love Cheryl. I love good guy Cheryl. And I think it was, like, for her, it was interesting because it was sort of dependent on how Polly was going to accept her. But Polly's such a good person that she's immediately like, I I am sorry. We both lost someone that we love. I thought it was a little strange that she went up and was just like, Cheryl, I'm so sorry about Jason. I know how much you loved him. And I know how much he loved you. But Mm -hmm. I thought maybe it might have been a little bit more convincing if she said, Hey, Cheryl, I'm so sorry about Jason. I know you loved him. I loved him also. But then it would have... Oh, yeah. No, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Okay. Yep. Maybe that's just supposed to be the subtext there. Okay. Yeah. But I figure, like, I mean, if I was Cheryl, I would have wanted to hear that. Yeah. But been like, we whatever. Loved her. It's... They just left that up to audience interpretation. Yeah. Yeah. So they go to Hermione, and Hermione's allowing Polly to live there. And she says something strange. Hmm. She says, anything for Alice Cooper's daughters. Yeah. So, here's what I'm thinking. I would have um, expected her to say something like, anything for my daughter's best friend's sister. Mm-hmm. But we've seen from a couple episodes ago how Alice was not very kind to Hermione and hasn't been very kind about Hermione. 
So I'm wondering what that was about. I'm kind of worried that um, Hermione now sees this as leverage. Oh. And see, Hermione from, like, the first couple episodes, you'd be like, no. But Hermione lately? Yeah. yeah. Like, you know. And I like that they have that complexity in Hermione, that she's not a perfect person. But I definitely think this could come back later as, well, I know where your daughter is. Right. Yeah. And I do oh, like the drama man. this will create between them. Mm-hmm. Because I'm ready for Alice to get owned. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's, let's talk about Jughead, because really, this, this podcast is about Jughead. Let's be real. <laughs> we talked about everything else, so we could talk about Jughead. Okay, so let's start with Jughead's dream, then. Okay. So, Jughead is there, and he's, like, wearing what Jughead wears. He's like, Jughead. actual Jughead. Yeah. And he's got the S on his sweater. And you know what? To be honest, this is the first episode that I actually noticed that he was he was wearing S, even when he wasn't in his dream. And, like, he's been doing that for all these episodes, I'm pretty sure. And I just haven't noticed. I haven't noticed either. I saw that same thing. I was like, oh, has he been wearing that the whole time? And he, I'm pretty sure he has. We should, we should go back and look. Because I was like, I noticed that too. I was like, wait, have I really not been paying attention to that? And also, I have a question for you. Okay. What's the S stand for? Uh, guess what? I googled it earlier today. Oh, you did? Yeah, I did. Okay, what is it? Well, um, there's no actual definitive answer. Sometimes, like, they usually just make a joke out of it. Like, he'll be like, it stands for all the things I love, like sandwiches and steaks and, um, you know, just, like, dumb stuff like that. And then uh -huh. at one point, I think someone made a joke that was just like, I know what it stands for. Starving. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so... What do you think it stands for? Uh, can you, okay, give me a second. Oh, I'm on the Jughead Jones Wikipedia page, and the third thing is sexuality. I'm very, very pleased. Uh, S sweatshirt. He can be identified by his long nose, half-closed eyes, S sweatshirt, and crown-like button beanie hat. Button beanie hat. Um, the S stands for sarcasm. Is that really what it stands for? No, you asked me what I thought it was. Oh. <laughs> okay, actually, that fits that jughead very well, to be honest. I was, I was thinking you'd say something like Sprouse. Yeah, that. Yeah. Um, okay, I've got a still from the episode where Archie had a black eye, and he's wearing the S. Oh my so god, so that. he's been wearing it the whole time, and we're just idiots. I guess so. How humbling. So Polly and Jason are there, and Polly's wearing some weird wig, then, and, and why isn't, why didn't they just curl her own hair? I don't know. Um, style? Duh. Because they just always need to have Jason somewhere not saying anything. Yeah, Jason um, has yet to say a line or make me like him in any way. Yep. Jason's, like, most sympathetic quality is that he died. <laughs> it's true, though. Yeah. Um... Not sure how to handle that, but anyway. <laughs> and then Betty and Jughead are there, and they're engaged, question mark? Yeah. Cool. Um, then he sees his dad, and then the knife that he had was gone, and then he stabbed Archie in the back. But, like, when? Because, because he's with Betty? Yeah. Okay. I guess I get that, but he doesn't seem to regret it or try to hide it. So is he just, is he just in his subconscious guilty about it? 
Or is it about something bigger relating to the fight they had that summer? Hmm. Thoughts. Good I also, thoughts. I also want to shout out to um, Veronica's bangs in that yep, yep. dream. They mm-hmm. looked so Veronica Lodge. I was so happy. Yep, yep. And Archie really looked like Archie. He did, didn't he? He had like a bow tie. Yeah, like the bow, bow tie with the polka dots. Yep. And the whole, though they really committed to the aesthetic there. It was so cool. Alice, and she's like, nice. Oh my gosh, one of my favorite moments is when both Betty and Alice both turn their heads in the same way. And I'm yep. like, this is terrifying. But I really liked that that whole dream was like a meta commentary on some of the criticism the show has received in changing the characters and making mm-hmm. them darker, changing relationships, which like, I'm definitely guilty of is you, you sort of see the the niceties and how family dynamics work in that little flashback where it's not very interesting if everyone gets along. Right. You need that conflict, which I understand. I just wish Alice was less of a garbage person. Correct. Mm. I like that. I like that. Uh, those are good thoughts. <laughs> Thanks, friend. You're welcome. Okay. All right. Let's continue talking about Jughead. Sure. So he gets woken up, and he, his alarm's set for 5.45 in the morning. Mm-hmm. Because he hates himself. Which, coincidentally, was the time that I woke up yesterday, which oh, is what? the day that the, the episode premiered. But also, why did you wake up that early? Well, I had to go for a road trip to Edmonton. Oh, right, 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 right. And his, uh, his phone is 75% charged. Mm-hmm. Just saying. Question: What okay. was his phone wallpaper? Oh, I I don't think it was anything. I think I feel like it was just like a one of those things that's just like on your phone ahead of time or like something. I think it was like gray. I'm checking. How badly um, did I want it to be a burger? I it wasn't. Yeah, it definitely wasn't. I don't think it was anything like super interesting. I'm also really mad that the thumbnail on Netflix is still. A picture of Archie and Grundy in the car. <laughs> like, put it away. Yeah, make it go away, please. Oh my god! Hmm. Okay, so like... Huh. It it looks like it could possibly be um, a number, or it might be an S. Oh my god. I, it, it looks like um, a distressed um, typeface. Okay. Or something. So, committed to that journalist writer aesthetic. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's all I, I, it's like a bluish gray. Okay. Yeah. Question. Mm-hmm. Why is Archie there so early? Damn it. That was my question too. Yeah. Like, uh, football doesn't start that early, right? Uh, I don't think so. How does football work? I, I don't know. But also if Archie's there, why isn't anybody else there? You know? Yeah. Like, does Archie just hang out there? This feels like a plot hole, and I don't think we're going to hear about it. Oh, no, we won't. He shows Archie that he's... Because <laughs> he doesn't even try to hide it at all. He shows Archie that he's living in, you know, a cupboard under the stairs, literally. Hmm. And some of the books that he has in there with him are The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn and Metamorphosis by Kafka. Of course he does. God, yeah. he's so dedicated to this. Yep. I'm gonna go ahead and go on the Wikipedia page for both of those things! Wait, have you not read Metamorphosis? No, but I've read Adventures of Frickin' Huckleberry Finn. Uh, Metamorphosis is like... 
deeply disturbing. That's probably why I haven't. I'm just gonna listen to you discover what Metamorphosis is about. This will be fun for me. Okay, cool. Alrighty. It's a novella. Mm-hmm. Um, the story begins with a traveling salesman waking to find himself transformed into a large, monstrous, insect-like creature! <laughs> the cause of his transformation is never revealed. What? And Kafka himself never gave an explanation. The rest of Kafka's novella deals with his attempts to adjust to his new condition as he deals with being burdensome to his parents and sister, who are repelled by the horrible vermin- What?! <laughs> that makes no sense! <laughs> what?! I can't believe you've never heard of it. You make me feel old, but I'm having a good time feeling it's old. German. Adventures of Huckleberry Finn, which I have read. Have you? Uh, no. You're not missing that much. Or I, or I did as a kid. Okay, I mean, I didn't like it. No one, yeah, no one dragged me for this, okay? I don't have a huge amount of interest in stories where men are the protagonists. No one dragged me for not liking it. Um, oh my god, this is the longest plot summary I've ever seen in my life. Because it's such a long, and like, I had to read the book in my head. I had to read the book out loud. I was reading this in grade 11 is when I was forced to read it. Mm-hmm. And I had to read it out loud because it's written like Hagrid is written. Like, it's written in the accent. Okay. This isn't really relevant to Jughead. I'm just saying how <laughs> annoyed I was having to read a giant book that was written in an accent. Uh, I think the thing that I'm taking away from, like, this is that I forgot that people drag us for saying things like grade 11. Yeah, what the heck? <laughs> what do they call it in America? Americans say 11th grade. We say 11th grade too, but we just call it grade 11 because it's we, faster. We just swap around. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, I don't want to talk about Huckleberry Finn because that was a dark time. Next. <laughs> um, he says that his mom took Jelly Bean, which we'll talk about later. So they used to live in Sunnyside Trailer Park, and his dad's still living in Sunnyside Trailer Park, because of course it's called that. Nothing like a cheery name for such a sad place. Yeah, so the... Their whole conversation pretty much just says, we could all come home, and it's not too late for you to fix yourself up. Mm -hmm. But this is like, it's sort of like, um, this is a classic negotiation thing with like, addicts is sort of the give and take. So promises and bargaining and things like that, and you get stuck in a cycle where you're constantly disappointed, but they're given hope at the same time, mm-hmm. which is like Jughead calls back to that later and says hope and home, they're so closely tied together and just as tricky, and it's because... That's such a beautiful line also. Yeah, it's so beautiful, and it perfectly encapsulates not only Jughead's situation, but his relationship with someone who has an addiction Mm -hmm. is that Jughead is always going to suffer in this situation unless his dad chooses to rise above not only self-loathing but his own pride and actually get help yeah and the fact that he's choosing not to and even though he knows he's disappointing his son but he continues to choose to do that and chooses the alcohol over his family means that Jughead is not a priority, even even though I think FP wants him to be. Mm-hmm. It's just that FP cares more about what Jughead thinks than about Jughead himself. That's a good point. 
Yeah, which breaks my heart. That was good. I liked those words. Okay, so FP decides to go back to work for Fred. Mm-hmm. And Hermione's like, oh, hello, uh, I have not seen you in such a long time and definitely not recently. We are not acquainted. Oh, yes, hello, Hermione. Um, that's correct. I definitely haven't seen you in a bunch of years. And Fred, bless his heart, is just like, yeah, nothing seems suspicious here. <laughs> <laughs> so FP says that Fred doesn't know that he's a serpent. So, and I was going to check this, this scene on, and I forgot to look, mm-hmm. but... I assume that he wears long sleeves for the rest of the episode. Because he has a dark yeah. mark. Yeah, he does. So, yeah. Just but, saying that if we ever see him wearing short sleeves without it, it's a plot. Probably. But, um, in a town that small, wouldn't you kind of know who most of the serpents were? Right? Like, just because they're on the south side doesn't mean they're, like, that far away. I mean, they have one restaurant. Exactly. I don't know. The The other thing that I really like about that scene is the continual commitment of the show to change perspectives, not only from the teens to the adults, but to now show us multiple adult perspectives. Yeah. Because we are very much in that sort of arena of seeing the adults as a cautionary tale for the kids by showing us what their interpersonal relationships are like now and what they were like in the past. Mm-hmm. So I'm really enjoying the fact that They are trying to pull perspective, not just with the kids. And I like that it is engaging enough that I don't think anyone, as far as I've seen, has actually irritated with the emphasis on the adult point of view. No, I love it. Yeah, I really love the way that all of this works and that it really seems like the way their relationships work is very much mirrored with how the kids are now, you know, with Archie and Jughead versus Mm -hmm. Fred and FP sort of thing. Yeah. So I'm enjoying it. The next time that we have a scene there, um, Archie and Jughead are waiting inside for Fred and FP to come in, (laughs) and they're like, Archie's just throwing around a ball, and I'm like, how long have you guys been sitting in silence for? But how right does it feel to see those two together just kind of hanging out? Yeah, I love that. It's like such a teenage boy thing. Yeah. It's nice to kind of just see them chill and be friends for a second. It seems like Fred is a little leery about going to dinner with all of them. Why do you think that is? Okay, so my theory is that he had a date with Hermione. That's what I was thinking the first time I... Yeah. And I was hoping that's what it was going to be. But but he, <laughs> he never, like, said, so... I don't know, is it supposed to be some weird subtext? I don't know. I don't know. Or maybe that he's just kind of leery of being around FP because... Yeah. It's obvious that he and FP have been through this before. Yeah. Yeah. Can I just mention how much plaid is in this episode? Is there a lot of plaid? So much plaid. Fred and FP are always wearing plaid. At one point, Betty wears plaid. Oh, Betty does wear plaid. Um, I think that underneath his jacket, Jughead's wearing plaid at some point, I think. There's just a lot of plaid. I'm liking this commitment to current fashion trends. Yeah, right? Yeah. Um, okay, so FP and Fred were BFFs. They started a band. Yeah, the band was called The Fredheads. <laughs> So embarrassing. Very embarrassing. Jughead's eating fries. Jughead finally ate something. He ate some fries. And so we can only assume that he also got a full meal with that. I mean, don't get my hopes up like that now. Okay, I I won't. But I think it's nice that his dad seems to really support his writing and support the things that he likes. I was thinking that too when I was watching it. He seemed really, like, proud that Mm -hmm. Jughead was a writer. Yeah. 
And that this isn't a new thing for Jughead. Jughead has always been really passionate about writing and telling stories. Mm-hmm. Which is really neat. That's Neato Burrito. <laughs> I'm leaving that in. No! Yeah? It. Okay, wait. Why do you have to keep my most embarrassing moments? Why do you say embarrassing things while we're recording? Because this is how my mother raised me. Fine. So, you know, Archie mentions Betty, and he's like, ooh, is Betty your girlfriend? And Jughead's like, ah! I don't swerve. <laughs> Different conversation now. Swerve hard, swerve hard, my dude. Cannot. I'm prepared. And they all let him do it too. Yeah. <laughs> but like the thing is that makes Archie even more uncomfortable, I feel. He's like, but is she For though? sure. I need he's to like, know wait. also. Archie's like that gif of what are we, but he's like, but what are you? Yeah. And then later. Archie is, like, the most clueless, and it's just like, hey, what did you mean by, um, he owes you? And Jughead's but, like, let's probably not. And he's like, but I'm just asking a question. You're embarrassing, but you have no shame. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. My point about the restaurant scene is that I really genuinely thought when they were talking about fixing up that old VW, that they <gasps> were going to say that it was called, like, a, the jalopy. Yes, that would have been great. I really thought they were going to do it. I'm sad. That would have been perfect. Yeah. So <laughs> there's there's my disappointment in the episode is yet another episode where there's no burgers or jalopies. Yeah. I want to talk about this story that they tell. Okay. Um. So FP's side of it is that, like, they were partners... And at one point, he did something bad, so got put in jail. And then when he bailed him out, he was like, you're done. But also, I just want to point out that he also says that he has to pay for hospital bills. And we're not sure why that is. American healthcare system. Yeah, but, like, who was using the hospital? Well, oh, oh, right. I'm assuming it was right after um, JB was born. Oh. Because, like... Apparently having babies in America is, like, really expensive. Oh. Yeah. Okay. They, like, you have to, like, pay to stay in the hospital and, like, all this stuff. Okay, so his side is, like, Fred done me wrong. And mm. then Fred's side is just, like, saying that he stole from the company and then he was selling stuff on the side. And he bailed him out multiple times. Yeah. Before he told him he was done. So Fred's still the bomb. Yeah, they re they returned uh, Fred to good dad status, like, immediately. Yeah. Yeah. But then Archie just makes it about Jughead again, and I'm like, okay, but, like, that's I that's just not really relevant, I don't think. Why? Well, like, he's like, I had to do what's best for our family. And he's like, well, now Jughead's bad about it. Now, now, now bad things are happening to Jughead. But it's like, what was Fred supposed to do about that? Be like, I'm keeping you on for the good of your son and your daughter especially because since he was stealing from exactly he can't no archie needs to stop trying to pick fights with his dad exactly it, and it wasn't like fp was going to stop you can see like the downward spiral of fp's yeah. behavior was that it was only going to escalate yeah and potentially put people in danger exactly so jughead hides yeah. his alcohol i guess and then they go home mm -hmm. this conversation is a thing is a whole thing that I want to talk about. Okay. First of all, Jughead says, I'm already way ahead in my all my classes. Um, mm. But, you know, you look at his report card and you're like, are you, though? 
Yeah, so was he lying? Because I took a nice long look at that. We'll get there. We'll get there. Okay. He says that he talked to his mom and she's now working at a call center to pay for online classes. She can get her GED. So his mom didn't finish high school. Which is probably makes sense because that was probably when she got pregnant with Jughead. Probably. Wait, but that doesn't make sense. What? What? Well, because then Jughead wouldn't, all of the teenagers wouldn't be at the same age. Right. You're right. Okay. So she dropped out. Unless FP went to high school with them and she was just younger or older? Uh, maybe. FP went to high school with them and then got a minor pregnant or something? Oh, let's not go down that road. Yeah, let's not. Let's not. Yeah. That's, not what, that's not what I wanted to do. <laughs> okay. Nope. <laughs> um, like, I didn't want to do it, but my brain did it. So Jellybean wants to be known as JB now because she thinks that's cooler um, oh. because Justin Bieber, but also because... <laughs> She wants to be more like her dad because he goes by his initials? Probably. I was thinking that same thing. Okay, question here. Mm-hmm. It's really, really seeming like Jughead and Jellybean are their real names. But I know that they're not. But I think they might be. No, they're not. Because Jughead's report card says Forsyth Pendleton Jones Third on it. But then... Why do they go by those names? That's the thing, is that later he's like, yeah, of course I was bullied, my name is Jughead. I'm like, did you pick it? Is it your fault? Who gave him the nickname Jughead? I want to see that flashback. I would like to know. Because I feel like it was probably Archie. If you don't like the name Jellybean, go by Forsythia. (laughs) I mean, lesser of two evils in that one. Exactly. Yeah. So, next question is, Jughead, 17 years old. Mm-hmm. Jellybean, 10 years old. Okay. That that gives us a seven-year difference, close yeah. to. Now, do you remember in the Twilight episode at the end when he saw, had a picture of him and Jellybean? Oh, no. Those kids were not seven years apart. Who were those kids? Also, is this just a mess up? So many inconsistencies! It's definitely a mess up. It's a mess up, and I'm yeah. upset about it. Oh my god. Those kids were maybe two years apart. Okay. Yeah. Well, maybe they didn't know. No, maybe. but they had, they had to have known, because they wrote and shot most of it. Well, then why didn't they just say, like, we haven't seen Jellybean yet. Why didn't they just say, she's 15, she's already cool? Because then, then they'd probably be obligated to integrate her more into the story, but since she's 10 years old, they don't yeah. actually have to, like, put her in the story until she's aged up a little bit. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, I'm upset about it. She sounds so cool, though. I want to meet Jellybean. Yeah. So, we know that when Keller and Weatherby are together, it's bad news. Oh, God. Yep. When he looks in his record, it said that he had a thing from six years ago, so he was probably uh, 11 or 12, mm-hmm. where he tried to burn down the elementary school. <clears throat> Why did he do that? Did he go to the elementary school? Because that might put him at 10 or 11. Also, or was it because Jellybean was going there? But if he was to 11 or 12, she would be like five or six. I don't Um, know. I'm just thinking of these things. Well, American elementary schools, don't they go up a lot? Okay, so he could be 11 if he went to the elementary school. I'm trying to remember how it works. Don't Americans do four years of high school? Yeah, it goes up to grade grade six in elementary school. Or no. No, because it goes to grade high? five. 
junior high for us is six to eight, but some schools go six to nine. Uh, yeah. Well, Canadian school. Oh no, Canadian schools are seven to nine. Mine doesn't go seven to nine. I did. I did eight, seven, or uh, six, seven, eight in junior high. What? Yeah. But you didn't well, that. Yeah. That's not how that works. That's how it works in Red Deer. Because when I went to cut this out, because there's a yeah, no one cares. We did K to six elementary, seven to nine junior high, what? and then ten to twelve high school. That's how it works. Girl, you're in elementary school for too freaking long. K to six. We did K to five, and then middle school was six, seven, eight, and then high school was nine, ten, eleven, twelve. That's exactly how you Americans do it. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. Anyway, that's how it is all in Red Deer except for the Catholic schools. So his report card, he's not doing super hot, mm -hmm. except he has one class that he has straight A's in. Would you like to guess which class it is? English. It's English class. Yep. I am jug-headed. Jug is me. So he was bullied a lot by mostly the football team, which, mm -hmm. yeah. But oh, he's like, yeah. yeah, my name's Jughead, which we've already talked about. Yeah. FP doesn't show, but like that tells us, if you're paying attention, why his he goes by FP. Fred is there instead. Fred is everyone's dad. F Fred and Hermione are perfect for each other because they both like forgery. And because um, they both take in kids that aren't theirs. True. That I, I would notice like that parallel is like, okay, so these are supposed to be like the, the good parents here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So FP finally shows up. It's going to go yell at Keller and they're like, don't. But I'm also like, I know that he's a little busy and probably a little tipsy, but mm -hmm. also he could be like, oh, that's Betty. Yeah, he would probably be a little bit interested, right? Yeah. But it's nice that Jughead chooses to go with his father, even though he doesn't actually end up choosing to go. Mm -hmm. He doesn't actually end up with his dad, but he chooses to go with his dad. Yeah, um, it's symbolic. Also, he's wearing suspenders, but he doesn't have them around his... Anyway, I love that. He always has suspenders on. I didn't even know. He always has suspenders on that aren't hooked to anything. I'm like, what are you, the 11th doctor? <laughs> right? Um. Oh, want to know something I noticed? Obviously. Jughead's dad isn't wearing his wedding ring. Oh. So here's another... Well, these parents are, like, kind of together. Mm-hmm. But there's... And then there's another parents that aren't doing well. But the single parents are the ones who are supposed to be doing well. But, like, even though he's not doing well, he's being a goodish dad. Is he, though? He's using his son, like, as an excuse to be an alcoholic. No, yeah, but, like, some ways, like, I'm proud of you for doing what you love instead of doing sports and stuff like that. Yeah, emotional validation, for and sure. And being like, I will, I'm still trying to figure this out. Yeah. It's okay if you don't want to live with me, go live with them, it's fine. But it's also, like, so inherently selfish. Yeah, true. Yeah. Um, so Fred forges the time card, uh, and Archie says, looks like you've done this before. And he yeah. doesn't deny it. What's that? I have no idea. What's that um, about? Yeah. Uh, and then Jughead and Archie are hanging out. Gonna. I love how they're like, no, don't sleep on the couch. Sleep in my room. Wait, I just had like the most cracked up theory. Okay. Okay, I'll t wait. I'll tell you at the end when we get to the big reveal. Okay. Okay. So Jughead and Archie hanging out in his room. He says he's not giving up on his dad. And then we see that Jason's jacket is in FP's closet. Planted, question mark? Or legit? Also, why is he keeping it out in the open if he didn't... If, if he knows that it's there, he should not have put it there. So that's why I think it might be planted. Because if he was smart, he would not have it out in the open. You know what and I mean? he's such an easy scapegoat. Like, someone who is... Eh, 
And how do I say this without swearing? <laughs> Someone who is not nice would use the his alcoholism as a weapon to be like, well, maybe he just doesn't remember doing it. Like, clearly the town drunk did it sort of thing. Right. Uh, yeah, that definitely planted. Because Jughead would have noticed it when he visited the first time. Exactly. Yeah. So that's why I don't think it was him. Yeah, and I then don't my, think it was either of them. The theory I just had completely fell apart in my own brain, so let's just pretend that never happened. Which, what was your theory? No, my, say it anyway. Do my, it. My theory was, you know how Fred was, like, experienced at forging stuff? I was like, what if Fred forged something for, like, either himself or the murder, and Fred's actually the one who killed Jason? And then planted it in his closet. No, that would be the biggest, <laughs> most ridiculous <laughs> twist ever. But this is also the CW. <laughs> I guess. Oh my God. But like, here's my thing. I assume that it was planted when neither of them were there. But if it wasn't, the only person that was there was Jughead, but also we know that Jughead didn't have the jacket because Betty would have been like, what are you doing with that jacket when they were leaving? Exactly. Okay. I don't even know. Are you trying to make sure that Jughead isn't the murderer? Yes. <laughs> do, do you think Jughead has done anything wrong? No. No, me either. Now we're going to be moving on to our segments. Uh, my first segment is called Asexual Jughead? Question mark, question mark, question mark. And the answer is, I guess, always, I guess. I guess. I guess. Question mark. My segment this week, it usually, it flips between scene in Vancouver and uh, Jughead eating a burger. And I have no idea where they were climbing Vancouver, but it totally looks like where you and I and the Unity Day gang went hiking and you fell. Oh yes, I did fall. <laughs> she fell real hard. It was real hard. It wasn't too, it, I didn't break anything. I'm fine. Yeah, she's fine. She fell on her butt. That's why it's funny. All is well. Yeah. Um, but also, did Jughead eat a burger? Possibly. Maybe. Maybe. I would be surprised if that's not what he ordered when he could spend someone else's money. I feel like uh, maybe Cole Sprouse doesn't like eating on camera and that's why we never see it. Mmm. Yeah. That's my theory and I'm sticking to it. Okay. Okay. Uh, and now we're going to be moving on to our best line award. So my best line this week goes to Veronica Lodge for... Oh my god. Honestly, guys, we should we should just move. And my best line goes to Veronica Lodge for... We faint, we parry, we approach, we retreat. We're like a cobra and a mongoose dancing. And my honorable mention goes to Jughead Jones for... Yeah, my name is Jughead. <laughs> Poor Juggy. So thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. If you're a fan of The 100, we like to talk about that show too. And coming soon, our Lost podcast... You can follow at The Aficionados on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter and I'll do the same. You can tweet us with anything that you would like us to discuss or talk about or we just like talking to you. We do. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash The And our website is theafficionados.com and we're going to see if we can start posting maybe some like blog posts or articles or cute lists on there or something. Yeah. Listicles. Yeah, yeah. we're going to have fun with it. Yeah. Um, we also have a Patreon, which is patreon.com slash theafficionados, where you can donate to help us with our crazy server costs. Um, if you donate, we give you a shout-out each week on whatever podcast we're doing. And this week, our shout-out is to Nadine Saidan, which is uh, Nadine Saidan with two E's at the end on Twitter. Um, she is an angel and, an, and a friend, and 
I've known her since she was little, and she's gonna hate that I said that. Um, but I really wanted to say thank you because she live tweets or live texts me rea- her reactions to our podcast every single week. No way. <laughs> yeah, they're really cool. She'll like text me like her theories or different things that she's been thinking while listening, and she does really beautiful art while she does it. So you should also check her out on Instagram. Um, and Nadine's Instagram is ns um, where you can check out all of her portraits that she works on while she listens to us. Uh, yammer. <laughs> um, you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y pretty much everywhere. And you can follow me on Twitter at Britannia with two T's and an underscore at the end. Uh, and you can tune in in like, what, three weeks from now? Uh, for episode 108, chapter 8, The Outsiders. Wait, three weeks? There's a hiatus? Yeah. Until the 30th. Oh dear. Yeah. Sucky. Okay, love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye. 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 See you in three weeks. (laughs) Yep.